as people, we were created to be in connection with God and others. But in our society today, I see so many people kind of hurting. We see the rise of addictions. We see crime and we see violence and suicide. And and we. I think really what a lot of it is a manifestation of is the sense we were created to be in connection when we're not. Mm-hmm. Our souls and our bodies feel the weight and the effect of it. Yeah. Um, where this really comes in is even think about all of the different feelings we have in life, whether it's pain or joy. When we are in a place of pain and hurt and sadness and we have no one to kind of come under that load with us to see us there mm-hmm. and we're alone with it, it's not the pain itself that becomes the issue. That does matter, but it's right, the loneliness right. that just feels like it's exacerbates it. Think about any traumatic event in your life or a major moment of sadness and what really made it worse. Think of and be in that place and imagine no one being there with you. That gets scary or even joy. Think about having some great, exciting moment happen and having no one to share it with. Mm. Wow. That's what loneliness does. This is everything. Left hands with the heavy brains. I ain't scared of the marriage thing. I ain't scared of the marriage thing. Had to share twice on a mind. Welcome to the A More Excellent Way podcast with Dr. James and Nicola Hawkins. Here, we seek to inspire and equip couples and families to go about their relationship with God and each other in in a a more more excellent excellent way. way. Yeah, so today we are talking about the topic of loneliness, and it's very serious. It's something that's kind of been hitting our heart, Nicola, in so many ways, whether Mm -hmm. it's um, in the different ministry roles that we work in, walking with friends, And then us even taking time and talking about in our own lives Mm -hmm. where we've experienced loneliness, you know, in my own life, growing up and going through some things and just remembering having to kind of pull into my own world to find comfort and soothing and just whatever that, you know, meant Mm -hmm. and thinking about the dark places, you know, and just how much it really, and I, I wish I had a better clinical word for it, but how much it sucks to be to go through certain events in life and to feel like you're alone. Yeah. And then when I sit with people and I hear their stories and we're talking about sadness, we're talking about pain, we're talking about loss. But as I hear them reflect on their stories, the theme that just keeps hitting me is not, it's the pain and the loss in and of itself, but it's the aloneness that sometimes they feel. Right. When maybe they've, gone through grief and no one can see it when they've experienced some type of loss or trauma and no one hears it, no one believes it. And it feels like they're alone with their pain. And that becomes the thing that really um, becomes like the block in their story or in their healing journey or the place that really they get stuck at Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is how could I be in this place and be alone? And we know that in the Bible, that in Genesis, it says that no God tells us that it is not good that man should be alone. And so he got steps into that place to and address the sense of aloneness that you actually need someone. You need a fellow person made in my image for you to reflect, for you two to connect and reflect. And God means this place of loneliness. He He's so big on us being connected. He even gives us in our brain what's called mirror neurons. And you've heard us talk about that. Right, right. And with mirror neurons, it's literally, it's like when I feel a certain emotion, It feels good for me to be able to look over to Nicola and she then like, because she sees my sadness, her body recognizes my sadness that because it almost begins to feel some of the feeling with it. 
And when I look at her in, in her voice or in what she communicates to me or even in her nonverbals, I can see that she sees my sadness and she's with me in my sadness. What we find even in research is that that sadness actually begins to decrease. The body begins to feel safe. That even happens with physical pain, that when you're alone and you feel physical pain, Mm -hmm. your body lights up like danger, danger, danger. There's no comfort here. But then when you are holding the hand of your of a loved one one, Mm -hmm. that you feel safe and secure with, your brain almost takes that same pain and it decreases. Right. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Um, Did you have something you were going to share in there? I just want to kind of pull. No, go ahead and pull something from an article I found on. WebMD, but it's been something that I've been going around hearing about this uh, epidemic of loneliness. In this research, she says the lack of social connection has a significant effect comparable to other leading indicators of risk for early death. Such I th- I saw one article like loneliness could be equivalent to smoking like twenty packs of cigarette yeah, or something like, like that. Wow, yeah. I know it's like like it literally like loneliness. Had ranks up there with smoking, obesity, uh, physical inactivity in terms of its effect on your health. Wow. And actually, this one hit me like there's been I saw research talking about loneliness among elderly, you know, because life can kind of move on. They could be in a nursing home, that kind of thing. Right. right. But what she, in another research, it says that young adults ages 18 to 22 are, are the like loneliest, loneliest generation right. of all. Wow. 18 to 22. Yeah. Wow. That's Some a of that's huge... technology and social media. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Because there is a place where that can be good in some ways. Absolutely. But I yeah. think of like social media connection, like trying to eat Oreos and Doritos for hunger. I like both mm. and they taste very good, but it's not going to really give my body the nourishment that it needs to actually survive. So I'm actually, I can keep eating Oreos and Doritos, but I'm going to be nutrient deficient. Mm-hmm. So I can keep going to social media to kind of go and try and connect or veg out, but it's not going to meet the need of my soul and of my body, like a real life on life connection with another person or, and we mean you were talking before we got on the podcast or even allowing God to be in that place as well, Mm. because he is a real felt like presence Presence in that place. So Mm -hmm. I like this. So here's one having close connections makes you feel safe, but when you're alone, what actually happens is that you're more reactive uh, to different stresses in your environment. So in other words, I think that's even like whether you're going through something at work, whether you have a physical pain, whether you feel emotional pain, this is what I'm seeing in my ministry work is that when you're alone, those emotions actually get exacerbated even more than what they would normally be if you were in a connected relationship. Wow. It's interesting. Like, I don't know when you were talking about that, I'm like, wow, those are huge transitional stages, you know, you think about 18 to 22. And of course um, I've watched or read or something like that um, on the epidemic amongst the elderly, which in my mind, I'm like, kind of like make sense. You're live the fullness of your life and things are slowing down and your kids that you might've raised are raising their own family and things like that. So I just, I don't know, kind of saw, okay, it makes sense. As you're getting older, but then it's like with the younger, like that was mind blowing for me a little bit. But then I'm thinking, oh, the transitional stages. I don't know. What we're really trying to get at in this episode, we want to highlight just how powerful loneliness is. It is. And, a, and what yeah. I mean for that is even when I see guys 
it's it's not so much about what happens is, is when we're alone and we don't even allow ourselves to feel our own emotions, we can feel alone because we won't even acknowledge it. And then when we don't even acknowledge our own emotions and share them, because when I share with you what I've learned, because I was that guy, I will hold everything in, <laughs> not allow you to see it. And then I feel like because I felt like that's what I was supposed to just take care of it myself. And but that would wear me down because mm-hmm. one of my friends in his research, what he found was actually when we don't find resolution with our emotions, that it just kind of remains. And then it begins to block our view of even relation, our relationship with God. It's like literally like your body, once you have that emotional signal, because that's what emotions are, is signaling saying something happened, something's happening here and you need to pay attention. Right. And then when you don't even pay attention to it, then you can't share that signal with someone else that something's going on so they can be there with you. Mm-hmm. Then you never get resolution, mm-hmm. which then begins to block you in your ability to really connect with God and with other people. And your body has to still carry it. Right. And that's really hard. And then, so now you're carrying it and you're in this place all alone with it. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so just a sense of if you're not acknowledging what's going on, is it what you're saying? If you're not acknowledging what's going on within your own, own self. Yeah. That's a form of in. like dissociation. Like you're really right. not really, you're not even really connecting with your experience, but then going back to the power of like the shell of yourself in, in yeah. some ways. Also, Sometimes people can't, and even from, I guess I brought up the guy point too, is we wonder why we can never find resolution. Like why me working harder or trying to achieve mm. more or, and that's why nothing can substitute. It's like you are built to have connection. Your body literally says you are not safe with gun in this pain. Like your body literally says, now I have to be on high alert mm-hmm. towards not feeling any pain, not feeling sadness because if I do, I won't get what my what God created me to have, which is connection in it. And I've really seen that where it's like I have to fight against not feeling these things. And I've seen this with people in all kinds of walks. It's I can't feel that because if I feel that and I'm alone with it, that sucks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And I hope for that, that for some of our listeners, maybe that even will validate some of the experiences you've had. Where he's like, why do I keep feeling this way? I shouldn't feel this way. And all. And sometimes it's not always just the pain. It's not always just the sadness. Those do matter. Mm-hmm. But then it's when you feel it and you're alone with it. Yeah. That's the part that yeah. really hurts. Right. And even sometimes like I see this come up for kids. It's like that's why sometimes kids continue to protest and to shout. Oh, my god! Because literally yeah. what they're some of what they're saying is in their sadness to- or their distress is you haven't it hasn't been seen and it hasn't been acknowledged. Right. And like the kid isn't cognitively always processing in that way. True. But I'm saying like in a way is they were built to do that. Their body's actually doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It might not always be appropriate how they might do it, <laughs> but they're doing the right, right thing. And right. what I found is like even watching some videos and even watching our girls and watching kids in public and seeing kids in counseling. It's like, but when an adult, a safe, a stronger, wiser other, right? whether it's a teacher, some kind pastor, of guardian, whatever, guardian, mm-hmm. whatever. When they can say, I see your sadness, I see your frustration, I see your disappointment. And like they really mean it, not just say it, but like there's something about the kid can see it and they feel it's like, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And you just begin to watch some kind of calm and soothe sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that's powerful. It is. And we also need it as, a, as adults sometimes as adults. for you as your spouse. Like, why doesn't she just take my apology or why doesn't he just you know this? It's in a sense, it's like, I don't really feel like you're with me. 
And I, that's so been so powerful. Like you've told me that I don't need you to fix it, James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did you have to make that noise? <laughs> it's like, I literally just need you to be with me. And I, that didn't make sense to me. It's like that cognitively does not make sense. Mm-hmm. But now it really does make sense. Right. It's like, I know I do this all the time on here, but it's the power of presence. There's power in presence mm-hmm. when you can be powerfully present with someone, not necessarily you having to come up with a wise answer True. or a Bible verse right, or whatever. Right. It's just being powerfully present with someone. I mean, that's how God even just transcends. It's just the power of his presence. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's good because I was having a discussion. And it was just kind of like we're going through this thing. And I guess sometimes it's like if you see someone going through something and it's foreign to you, you kind of like bump on a log. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. If your inclination is to, I need to step in, I need to fix it. You know, I need to do something about it. Then when I don't know what to do, then it's like, like I either go silent, mute, pull away from it, you know, but then that, it doesn't matter what our relationship looked like before mm-hmm. you're going through your pain and you're going into this place of loneliness now, because I don't know how to show up for you. And so then I'm quiet and then it's like, wait a minute, you know, so that's, I guess if I'm on the receiving end of that, that would make me feel even put me into a place where maybe depression or anxiety mm-hmm. kind of builds, builds up because it's like, I am completely alone in yeah. this thing, in this yeah. hardship, in this new, in this transition, in this, I don't know what is going on in my world, in my life, in my body, <laughs> in my mind, you know? And so it's like, nobody can really even sit in it where you're talking about yeah. that presence. You may not yeah. have a scripture, you may not have the quote of the day, but can you be a presence yeah. here and near enough for me to like not feel like I'm completely alone. That's right. And I think it's one we want to, I hope like even in just talking about this, maybe what you, if you like, I've just been in this place and I've been stuck and I don't know why I've been in a rut. I felt sad. I felt depressed or just whatever. It's like, maybe who are you just to ask? Like who sees me? Who really sees me here? Who gets me? Who, who in a way can kind of come into this emotional load under this emotional load with me. And some of it might be, some of it is I actually am alone. I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to validate that for you. But then also I think we're sharing this too, because we do, we want to inspire and equip us all to go about our relationships with God and each other in a more excellent way. Man, people, we looking around at the person next to you. Think about the people in your circles of influence, the people at work. Mm-hmm. The people at your church, mm-hmm. there are so many people. We are surrounded by people. We have all of these mobile devices to stay connected. And yet we have an epidemic of loneliness. Mm. Man. Wow. And I was even, and I wish I could remember the researcher now, but I'm going to try and go find it. Um, he was a journalist and he would embed with, uh, I think some of his, his story is what led to the movie, The Perfect Storm. Mm. But he wrote an article that really challenged society, like really PTSD it's not just a disease kind of like for war vets or something of that nature, but it's really about cultural loneliness mm-hmm. that people don't feel supported because what he's arguing is not every soldier gets PTSD. Right. And what he's yeah. saying is it's like what we find in, in so many ways, even when we look at addiction, not every person who maybe used drugs one time goes on to become an addict. But what they find in like PTSD in this addiction realm is it's when people don't have connection. Mm -hmm. So if I go off and I have this traumatic experience, whether it's something in just 
regular everyday life, a, a traumatic accident, illness, or war. Or moving or to mo- a new state. Right. Or a, like a loss job, of a relationship, loss. a mm-hmm. death. If I experience trauma and I'm alone, what that PTSD is literally saying is, don't you get caught off guard again. This pain could come out of nowhere and you're going to hit rock bottom and no one's going to catch yeah. you. No one will be. So you have to stay hyper vigilant to protect yourself from this ever happening again. Yes. But when someone can feel like I have other people and I can, they can come under this load with me and be with me. Those people continue on. Not yeah. saying like they're happy about it, but it's like, even if the sadness comes up, I have someone that can kind of be with me man. So- and I'm not alone. <sighs> So that's just, and that's how, yeah, that hit me too. Yeah. Cause I think the part where you're like sharing that in a sense of this thing is happening to me and there's no help. Com- I don't know, like help coming in. I'm, I'm in this space alone. The, the hypervigilance is what, what <laughs> really what just kind of hit me because now I have to watch my back or watch out for myself or, you know, you, my body's going to remember Mm-hmm. The pain of what it went through. And I think even a couple and of weeks ago. your body's still carrying the pain. Right. A couple of weeks ago when we had the conversation and I was on the floor, you know, I was like, nobody saw me. You know, it just made me think about that in that space or talking to different friends is like, okay, wow. I'm like looking at it differently mm-hmm. now. Like it's because there was, there was pain. There was loneliness. There was this sense of feeling cut off and not supported in a certain way or even sometimes when you're you know not to blame but you know like when personally then it's like that when I was in that space like I didn't even completely know how to throw it out there like I need this specific kind of help because sometimes you're just in the pain and it's heavy you're not sure how to reach out or what to say what and I think that's why I love how you're saying earlier you know kind of look around there's like an epidemic of loneliness going around notice when people are pulling away notice when people are not showing up to that thing anymore Mm -hmm. or noticing when they're showing up but they're kind of different from normal just like pull them off to the side and like check in with them you never know and let me tell you why even that check-in can be so powerful and when you really mean it and you can slow yourself down and look that person's eye and say hey i'm just wondering just want to know i see you here's what's powerful about it you just kind of in a way it's like you saw me mm-hmm. you saw me that's, that's what you see about all me. i need in a way <laughs> it's like you really saw me you got me and sometimes like that just does somebody something powerful sees something that something is different and that yeah. alone can cause a chain reaction off one it's like you saw me but then it also almost says to the person like i know i'm bad about that sometimes other people will notice something's going on with me before i ever really notice it sorry Mm. that's just where i like shut down i kind of almost turn away from my emotions in me so that's how i try and stay productive and i keep going until something happens (laughs) i'm learning to do better nicola no you're good yeah good i'm telling myself but i want to go to your epidemic here some numbers even showed in that research article oh yeah it says one in four is the number of americans so 25 percent of americans rarely or never feel as though there are people who understand them wow only half of americans would say that they have uh in-person social interactions like meaningful ones such as long conversations with friends or quality time with friends every day um and then one in five, so it's only 25% of Americans say that they rarely feel close to people. You said 25. So I'm sorry. One, let me just say it the right one way. One in five. One in five is the okay. number of Americans who rarely feel close to people. That's, 
I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. I guess the point is, is though what saying this, like, man, we really got to do a better job of allowing ourselves to be seen truly by one, see ourselves, allow God to see us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think we need to be more intentional as a society, as churches, as communities, as families, as friends, sports teams, yeah. co-workers, really making sure we see each other. We really need to make sure we see each other. You know, from our time in the Air Force, I love that wingman concept. Mm. Always check on your wingman. Yeah. Always checking. Like, I think as society, you know, do we have our wingman, our battle buddy? What do you have? And you your haven't mate, developed a battle buddy yet. You know what I'm saying? What do you do if you don't? Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's hard because definitely in ministry, that's why we really push people to um, trying to find ways to find community, whether it's through a church group, picking up a sport or a hobby, finding community classes or groups you could go to. It's <laughs> a lot. But it's real. That, it is. It's, it's real. real. You see it pop up more. You hear it in conversation. You, you even locate it within your own self. If it's not like presently, I know I've definitely located that in my own self not so far ago. You know, you threw some really good thoughts out there. I just mm-hmm. wanted to add uh, maybe it's time, like that sense of time mm-hmm. to reexamine your schedule even Ooh. You know, re-examine your schedule, maybe move some things around, take some things off. I don't know, to say, skip a quiet time even to go meet up with can I, somebody for a deep, long, which is a deep, long conversation to make that connection with human on human. One researcher, John Gottman, said if we would spend 20 minutes a day working on the significant relationships in our life, so I think he said either it would have the same or more benefits for our physical health than actually spending that time working, exercising. Mm. So we have a I whole lot of that. people running and, <laughs> and at the gym and still not healthy. Wow. Um, That's the thing too. And one more, let me add one more. Okay. In this quote in that article, it says, just as you make time in your busy schedule to be physically active, you need to make time to be socially active. I like uh, so that. So I just was going, when you said that quote, just made it reminded me of that. Yes. So just as much as you make time to be physically active, you make the same kind of time to be socially active and not just getting around having small talk. We need to have more than small talk. (laughs) (laughs) I love what you just did right there, Nicola. Shout out to the More Than Small Talk podcast. You need to have friends, like really. like Yes. With, with Susie and Jennifer and Holly talk about, you really need to have those people who are your circle of friends mm-hmm. that you can just say, let's talk, let's be honest, let's have our confession questions mm-hmm. where I allow you to see my soul. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's good. Good working. Or be awkward and say, hey, uh, you want to be friends? <laughs> you haven't had a friend in a while. Like, You want to be my friend? Check yes or no. For real, like, let's bring that back. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. That's you good. know. But mm. we got to get ready to set that place. Nicole. All right. So I think the excellent point for just thinking that in this part as we get ready to close out is, one, allow yourself to be seen and known. Like, don't even cut yourself off from your feelings because mm. that really makes the loneliness hurt because yes. then you can't even validate it. And then I think when we cut ourselves off from our feelings, and what those signals, and they're just signals. Like it's like allow yourself to see the signal and then go to find what that signal is telling you and what it's bringing up was to call you to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And then you can take that to God in prayer. Yeah. Because then that even, that matters for a connection. 
and then you can allow your other people that are the image bearers of God. Yes. <laughs> His representatives here on earth to walk with you and connect with you in that place. And then I think the other point that I would throw in is and be intentional to check on other people around you. Like let us become loneliness, you know, detectives almost Mm -hmm. spotting loneliness and coming Mm -hmm. to people and really helping them feel that connection like with the what it says in corinthians right Mm -hmm. comfort others with the same Same comfort 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 that you have Mm -hmm. been comforted Mm -hmm. with that's good that's good man i think you just diddle 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 be loneliness busters (laughs) (laughs) we thank y'all so much we just pray that once again you've been inspired and equipped to go about your relationship with God and each other in a more excellent way. Mm-hmm. We hope that you have been inspired and equipped to go about your relationship with God and others in a more excellent way. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A More Excel Way. And check out our website at a more excellent way relationship.com. Visit klrc.com to learn more about the more excellent way.